0: Ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 4 of series 2 George Ezra and friends the podcast Now for this week's episode I was joined by the one and only the lovely Sigrid Um, I had a show in Liverpool the day that we recorded this conversation and Sigrid was performing over in Manchester So I got a car over to her um, and we headed backstage and we sat down and started to talk about everything that Sigrid is going through at the moment, through music and what she's experienced so far, um, which for those of you that don't know, is an awful lot. Sigrid has been a very, very busy bee. She uh, is a solo artist that grew up in Norway. Um, of many accolades that have been placed upon her over the last however many years, um, one or two years, uh, you know, most notably here is she won the BBC Sound Poll which is huge, you know? Uh, so that was brilliant and it was amazing to talk to her about how she felt you know, before those things kicked off and how she's feeling now. Um, and looking forward, uh, Sigrid has a whole bunch of amazing things coming uh, in the year next year. Um, Most importantly, actually, I'm sure Sigrid will agree, the most exciting thing in Sigrid's life is (laughs) Sigrid's gonna be supporting myself, George Ezra, uh, on my arena tour next year, which is very exciting. Um, That's a joke, by the way. I'm sure she she has a lot of very exciting stuff going on um, outside of that. But for any of you that have tickets for that tour, you will be uh, some of the lucky people that are able to see Sigrid perform live. Uh, So yeah. I would like to point out that I had a few technical uh, difficulties at the beginning. So the first kind of 30 seconds to a minute of this episode, the sound quality is not great. And we've done everything we can to try and fix it. I have to put my hands up and just say it was my fault. Um, But honestly, I think it lasts something like 45 seconds. So if you can sit through that, um, it's all worth it. And it was just a brilliant conversation. Um, of course, at the halftime break, the interval, there will be a word from our partners over at Mind Charity. Uh, if you're listening abroad, you might hear an advert. As always, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to hear. Um, there might be one or two swear words, rude words, naughty words. So if you've got kids with you in the car, around the house, or whatever, just a heads up that is going on. Um, yeah, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sigrid. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to George Ezra and Friends, the podcast. Today's guest is Sigrid. Hello!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just o- trying to
1: hold my food still. No,
0: it's okay. <laughs> I'm
2: eating bread and cheese. So
0: that's the only bit, now that that's out of the way. So I have joined um, Sigrid, has very kindly invited me to your show tonight in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, and you played here last night as well. I've got a show in Liverpool tonight. Um, I don't know when exactly this episode will go out, but mm. that's where we are right now. I kinda, if this is alright with you, and I hope you don't go like oh, but I would love to... I'm super aware that you're in the middle of kind of the explosion of everything going mm. on. I don't even know if you can kind of comprehend that at the minute.
1: Uh,
2: it's weird. I guess I'm I'm where you were a while ago. I don't know how many years ago you were at that. Yeah, do
0: you, do, but do you have like moments of realization, like yeah. where you go, "Oh my God, this is I happening." I do.
2: It's like when I say. Like it's it's hard to find a way to deal with it. It's because I try to find some normality in my life, <clears throat> and also being able to enjoy the madness of it, um, and that balance. It is really hard. I don't think I've still found that balance. Mm. I'm trying, um, I don't know. It's about, it's a lot about growing up too. I'm 22. How old are you? I'm
0: 25. 25, yeah. I
2: don't know. I Not to like put it on my age, but it must have something to do with it too. Yeah. That I am pretty young and I haven't lived away from home for that long. And suddenly I'm doing all of this. I'm running a business. Yeah. I think like, people- That's a lot of responsibility
0: it is i like really remember i distinctly remember people and they still do they say like oh have you changed since you've got busier Um, and stuff and my answer is always like yeah but only i feel like in your early 20s especially i feel like everyone's changing all the time
2: exactly um that's a part of it if you don't change at all then i know life would be boring i guess mm.
0: it's
2: part of it but um I think when it comes to that change thing, I think it, what's important is just to have your ground, like your basic values, mm. and just hold on to them, mm. and remind yourself of that. Yeah. That you have some values that you believe in, yeah. and that you've had your whole life.
0: Do you, can you pinpoint a day, not a day, that's pretty specific, <laughs> but can you pinpoint a time where it was like, oh shit, something's happening? Mm.
2: Um, definitely remember the release day of Don't Kill My Vibe. I was crying so hard crying oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i i'm so in my i i'm just very emotional yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um well yeah but with happy tears
2: uh mixed i think i have this do you know you know casey musgraves no oh my god one of my favorite artists we listen okay. to her with the band all the time okay she has this song that is called happy and sad okay and
0: that's and, exactly you <laughs> yeah
2: that is me that is me because whenever things are going well it's kind of bittersweet for me, too, because I know my life is going to change again. Mm. So I remember I knew, uh-oh, uh-oh things are going to go a bit mad with Don't Kill My Vibe because we had the premiere at BBC Radio 1, Hottest Record with Mr. Jam. And then um, and then I remember I was on the, on the flight back home to Norway on Norwegian flights, and I was sitting on my phone, <laughs> random, alone and crying and crying <laughs> so much because they have shitty Wi-Fi yeah, on this yeah, yeah. flight so I could check online like what was going on with the release day and people were going nuts. And I remember that. And then I remember winning the Sound of 18 uh, BBC poll, which was amazing. Yeah, and congratulations. Thank That's you, mad. thank you. And an incredible
0: honor. But I got scared that day too. But you just said something really interesting. You said that on the release, you kind of knew that it was gonna blow up mm. to an extent. That's amazing that you kind of could gauge okay, these people are going to champion it, it's being played on Radio 1, you were saying. It's amazing that you kind of had this feeling of like something's going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I knew that from the day I wrote the song. Really? Yeah.
0: When, you when I walked to
2: the studio, I knew this is, this is going to be an important song for me. I didn't know it was gonna, how big it was going to go, but yeah. I knew this was going to be like a career-defining song for me. Yeah, so that's, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I love
0: confidence like that
2: gotta be confident yeah. i guess you gotta be confident comp- not saying that i'm like that all the time no 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 no. like at the moment finishing up the album and i'm I'm getting insecure every day for what songs to have on it yeah. what i should do with the mixes should the kick be lower or higher in yeah. this song <laughs> yeah. oh my god there's so much to think about and so yeah no, no no i i overthink yeah yeah i think all the time
0: and so how does it all start and everyone that i've sat down to speak to for this show it, that's Almost the bit that uh, I'm most interested in is where people, like love for music starts, mm. and where that all comes from. I know very little about where you've come from and what mm. that was like. I know you grew up in Norway. You're from yep. Norway. Um, what kind of sized town was it that you grew up in?
2: Um, I grew up in a city called Ålesund. It's okay. a originally it was a fishing town, um, but then for past years, or yeah, for a long time. It's been more of a shipping city. So we make a lot of ships for especially the oil industry, um, like offshore boats, that's a huge thing. Uh, a lot about marine technology. Um, what else is big there? Furniture industry is pretty big around my hometown.
0: This is such an in-depth, this is like a trip advisor. I <laughs> come and visit
2: (laughs) that's how I am yeah people get so tired of me talking about Olison all the time but it is my favorite subject I actually wait do you love it oh yeah I didn't like I didn't love Olison growing up I gotta admit that I just it it is really small it's 50,000 inhabitants A couple of schools but like everyone knows everyone I was like oh this is so small and I wanted to move to the big city Uh, and then I moved to a slightly bigger city called Bergen and uh, have you been there
0: so I'm smiling because we went to Bergen this year we did well I flew there the day of the show and you come out of the airport and there's this huge yellow sign Mm -hmm. on the cliff face that says Bergen with a question mark which makes me laugh a lot I know but then the gig was cancelled and the promoter because of weather and oh. the so that was the day of the show and the promoters were really apologetic and said we could potentially do a show in this church down the road wow. acoustic da, 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 da. but i actually ended up getting on a plane back home and just crashing out oh um,
3: no
0: yeah it was in a really funny um period which we won't get into but i was just yeah. it, it when only in hindsight can i say i was completely burnt out and yeah and then that day was kind of the I'm full sorry stop hear that. no no it's okay I, it, I do it to myself i like i put too much in um mm-hmm. but it's funny that you were saying that the town you grew up in the city you grew up in was small because the, where i grew up is half that population no yeah
2: what's your city called or it's, town it's
0: called hartford and it's, i've heard about it it's co- it's got a i think it's like a 26,000, 30,000 population. That's not a lot. But I love it. Like, I uh, love
2: my city now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my favorite place on earth. Yeah. What do you love about your city?
0: Just my friends and family. Like mm. it is beautiful, the place. It's not, but I think that it's beautiful to me because I know. It's home. Yeah, I feel like when I walk out of my front door, the whole place feels like my back garden. Cause I, I have memories in every kind of. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it there.
2: That's how I feel about and to too, I think.
0: Was in there like, venues?
2: Um, no, I remember, I, oh, I remember so well. The first time I went to a proper concert, I must have been like 16 or 17 um, in hometown. In and then we went to this rock bar called Vega and I saw a rock band from Bergen play called Fjorn, Baby, And I got to go backstage with them because I knew the sound technician and it was just fun, I went down with my friends, but being backstage with a rock band for the first time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, unfair.
2: Is <gasps> it? I had so much fun.
0: Yeah.
2: It was just, I don't know, I was probably super nervous, but I really remember that. Um, so, my music experiences came mostly from people travelling to Allison. but there wasn't like a huge community for venues and stuff growing up, uh, but that's been changed now because there's a company Sorry, now I get all trip advisor again. No, no, <laughs> There's no. a company called Momentum. they were kind of my first, I will not say manager, mentors. Uh-huh. Mentors for me, they're just, they're really, they're like family to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they have like, they have three festivals. They get all the biggest artists to go there. All in the same town? In the same oh, town. Amazing. Three festivals, they have now a venue. They have a event hall. They have a, they brew beer. Nice. They have a restaurant.
0: They're taking over, it's a monopoly. Uh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> 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 and, no, and they're
2: really good. And then we have a couple of other venues, but that's not not like pop venues. This was the first one, it's called yeah. Terminal, the Terminal.
0: And so then how old were you when you moved to Bergen?
2: I was 18. Okay, I nice. moved straight after high school. I just finished my my school and then drunk out. It,
0: was it a big change? Is it like a big yeah. cultural difference?
2: Mm. Bergen people are very proud, it's like the uh, capital on the west side of Norway, okay. the west coast. I've been there for
0: three years. Oh, and you still live there? Okay, so that, like, there's not a huge cultural difference for you moving to Bergen.
2: No, um, there wasn't a, not a big one, but it's definitely more urban. Mm. And the friends I got there, some of them were from Bergen, from Bergen city centre and they have a completely different upbringing than I had. Mm. And they had venues to go to when they were like 15, I didn't have any venues, I remember I played at the opening of this new cool venue when I was 18, the year I was moving yeah, away yeah, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't have the same upbringing in that way but I'm so grateful for not having a music industry upbringing, do you know what I mean? Being thrown into it too early I think that can be yeah
0: but
1: also, daunting.
0: yeah I think so and I think that it kind of gets rid of some of the like romantic edge of it or the excitement mm. if you know too much about it that's
1: true
0: I think part of the allure is like the I, genuinely when I signed my record deal mm. I thought that I would sign my deal go into the studio and record an album like a month later and then just release it oh. I didn't know how the industry worked <laughs> at all And
2: when did you sign how old were you Uh, 19
0: oh yeah yeah same as me yeah and so i was very naive you know but i like that i was naive and i kind of try to keep out of it a little bit you know try and keep out of the industry Mm. i don't want to be too sucked up into it Mm. because it's a bubble i feel like it's a bubble it is um but how did you go about meeting people when you moved to Bergen? Like, what, did you know people there before you moved? Yeah.
2: The reason why I moved there is because my brother, Talef, uh, who's also a musician, but he studies here in England now. He studies at Cambridge. Nice. So I'm visiting him tomorrow with my oh, family. Oh, wicked. We're going
1: there tomorrow. I'm oh, really
2: excited cool. for it. Um, but yeah, so he started in Bergen at that point, and I wanted to move where he was because my sister was she lived in spain at that point she still lives in spain and that's a bit too far move for me but i wanted to be around my siblings because i love them and uh my brother also knew the whole music community and at that point i didn't know that i wanted to be an artist i was like yeah maybe i i just i didn't know how to do it so i started politics in bergen of course for two months okay and then i dropped out okay uh yeah Uh, Good thing I did not take up any student loans, so I'm very, very happy about that. Okay, good. Yeah, that would be horrible.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, But no, no, no. I I managed to finance finance it on doing corporate events in Olesund. So the first six months of my time in Bergen was just like back and forth between Olesund and Bergen and playing like Play my own songs, but like for banks, for the shipping companies, for the furniture companies. No way.
0: (laughs) So your like introduction to gigs in a way was doing corporate corporate. stuff.
2: Yeah, actually. Yeah.
0: That's mad because normally for anyone listening, corporate stuff people do it, but it normally comes a bit later. Later. Do you know what I mean? I think it was because I guess like I was the
2: only musician in the village type of thing. Were you? <laughs> no, but you know you know the Did you series. have
0: friends and? Like, oh yeah,
2: I had friends that were doing music, of course. No, 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 no. there was there, there was there was musicians, but there wasn't a huge community for it. Mm. And uh, I think because we weren't a lot of people doing music, they didn't really have like the companies didn't have a lot of musicians to choose from when yeah. they were choosing like what are we <laughs> gonna have for our Christmas party and I okay, was like okay. hello, and then yeah. We did, we did it, and it, it was, you know what, I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing another, like, ish corporate event back home later this month, and I can't wait, because yeah. it's just so nice. It's such a nice way to get, go yeah. home and see people, but, um, I think um, it definitely taught me a lot about playing for audiences that hasn't paid to see you.
1: Yeah
2: if they're not listening yeah, yeah, yeah. and it taught me to get the attention from people that I wasn't it was not given to me like right away and I think that's also something that I think is a part an important part of the story if you want to call it a story but that for if foreigners not from Norway it's probably easy to think that I just got everything at once with Don't Kill My Vibe and that's like where I started but I did music for three years before that and it started with the corporate events where no one was listening and I had to like properly fight to get them to listen to me. Yeah. And I was my own manager at that time. No! Yeah, I didn't That's have a management.
0: head a but I don't know how you do that. Me
2: neither. But yeah. It's like when I think about how stressful things are now, I got to think that when I was 16 years old, I was in high school getting good grades and was doing music. On email all the time. I was flying to Oslo too to do gigs for support gigs for people. Man, it was really really fun, and yeah, it made me, I don't know. I like being busy. Yeah, yeah. That's insane.
0: So you just mentioned your mm. the performance when you start out and your shows. They're not people that want to be listening to music necessarily. I recognise that because when I started, it mm. was all open mic nights.
2: Oh, that's what how you did. Yeah,
0: and wow. the thing is in pub the pub. Or? Yeah and most of them are like couples that are trying to have a nice chat at the end (laughs) of a bar and then you get up and you're like shouting down this PA system. But you learn how to get people's attention, I think. And how to make it worth your time being there. Mm. Something that I think is just, I absolutely love about your performances. I managed to see you in New Zealand at a festival we both played. and in, on a few TV appearances I've seen of yours, it's like, there's so much energy, and not in a sickly way, it's not in a kind of like, you know, I'm on your TV screen, look at me, look at me, but there's <laughs> like, there's just energy. Mm. Um, and is that something that you worked on at these corporate events, or is it mm. something that came naturally to you before that? You know, is it?
2: Interesting, thank you though, by the way. Um, you're pretty good yourself. I'm super. No, (laughs) I haven't seen one of your live shows yet. But I'm going to be there, first row at the support tour. I'm going to do for you. I'll be great. Um, But yeah. Anyways, uh, I've always had energy. But if you if you would ask my family, they would say, I think they're still a bit in shock that I'm doing this because I was the shy one growing up. I was so shy. I wouldn't dare to go up on stage. And that thing with like releasing so much energy is. I wonder where it comes from. I guess it's like, I feel incredibly lucky to be doing this. And also if I'm feeling really stressed out by things happening around me, because it is chaotic doing it, as you know. Mm. Um, it, it's very chaotic. And then when I can go up there and release all this energy and tension, mm. it just makes it all worth it. Mm. I don't know. And then I'm also like, if I feel so lucky and so happy to be up there, why should I hide it from mm. people? it's so much more fun when you when you can create a moment together Mm. oh my god that sounds very
0: cheesy (laughs) cheesy i'm a big cheese yeah we all are yes oh (laughs) and i'm eating cheese too
2: it's just that's what makes it but like last night for instance when so we were yeah we're in manchester and last night we played here and um i remember when we finished the last song strangers i ran off oh thank you thank you thank you and then we played the, the the song afterwards and i didn't know what song jt or sound tech had chosen for the night because it's like usually like toto yeah we play like 500 miles all of yeah, those yeah, yeah. bangers and then he played don't stop leaving i was like "Fuck!" it is my favorite song nice. and speaking of venues in Olison, my hometown going to karaoke bar that it's one karaoke bar called mulla mm-hmm. and that was like the hottest place to okay be- nice <laughs> It's so shitty, but yeah, it's like so, it's great. I love it. I'm gonna do it this Christmas. Anyways, yeah. So um, then we did. Uh, I, I heard "Don't Stop Believing," and that was my go-to karaoke song throughout the whole high school. So I was like, "Fuck, I need to go up there." And then I ran up no, with my onto the stage. yes, with my water bottle as a microphone, and started singing. And everyone ran back into the room <laughs> like, <That's laughs> we had, It's it was so much fun. Like one of my favorite moments, and that's something that I think is so important to do. That you gotta have some fun with it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I guess that comes back to that energy thing. That using energy and showing energy gives me energy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, last night it's really funny that you said what you just said because yesterday, and this is a whole different thing, but just it just so happened that yesterday was a not my best day in my like personal life. Like, oh. it just, what, not like anything massive, you know, yeah. you're just not having a good day, yep. and it's like... Yeah. And I was on stage in Newcastle, and even halfway through the first song, I was so relaxed. And I remember thinking, this is the first time today you felt relaxed. And people wouldn't believe that. I was stood in front of 2,000 people, mm. and that should be the most unrelaxing thing, you know, know, for a lot of people. But I just... I was in ecstasy for the whole gig, I was just so, I didn't want it to end. It mm. was so, it was like an escape. And yeah, I just, I love that, I love that I have that.
2: That's a nice way to put it too,
0: Yeah, the you, escape. Yeah, but I think it would really, it would come as a surprise to people to hear that we're referring to shows. Mm. That's as the relaxing part. Yeah,
2: I remember my manager told me that, that he hoped I would get to the point where any thought, I would get to the points where the shows would be the most relaxing part of the day. So yeah, no, I can definitely see myself in what you're saying.
0: And just, you mentioned your manager, and then before you were saying how you were managing yourself. So how did you start to piece (laughs) together a team, as it were? Like how did you meet Um, the people you work with?
2: It's been like step by step, really. Um, I signed my first record deal when I was 16. No way! No. no, seventeen. Sorry. Okay. Still, but still, still pretty early. Yeah, yeah. Saw, pretty no, early. Way. no way. No. <laughs> um, I'm still with them. They're uh-huh. amazing. Um, it's basically just one guy who's really, really good at his job. His <laughs> yeah. name is Kim. He's just the best. Shout that, out to Kim. Is, yeah, shout out to Kim. <laughs> he's a good. He's a good egg. Nice. Um, he. Uh, yeah. It's called Petroleum. The label. It's a Norwegian indie label. Um And uh, we met when I was 16 and he immediately got interested in my music because at 16 that's when I put my first song out on the Norwegian equivalent of BBC Introducing.
1: Okay. That's
2: when I started getting emails from all like many management companies and labels in Norway. Even some interest in the UK actually. There was one UK label who was on it and then I met this person, the A&R from this UK label three years later like I was there no for the way. first one. Yeah that was fun. Anyways, sidetracked. So, I signed with uh, Petroleum. Right. And then I was with them, and then I did my own managing, and then I worked a little bit with the management, but then I quit that. And then I moved to Bergen, and after a couple of months, I went to a concert for a friend of mine called Depresno. And then I saw Gare, uh, the manager that I'm with now. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah I know that dude because Kim had been talking about mm. this guy. And I was like, I went up to him like, hello, my name is Sigrid. I'd like to have a meeting. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? It's like, yep, it's happening. And then it was like, okay, well, yeah, sure, come by the office. And then we had meetings. And then it was really funny. Um, yeah, he's a he's a really funny guy and uh, he's very direct. He's such a brilliant guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny we connected and then I got to know the rest of the management team and then a couple of months later we signed because we worked we worked a bit Mm. together before we signed just because we wanted to make sure that we were in the right wavelength then they started sending me to London and then I went to London every week for like five days writing sessions and then back again Mm. have the weekend off and then back again that's how it was
0: amazing yeah full on
2: that was full on
0: yeah something how did
2: you meet your management
0: um i was at a college in bristol and one of my lecturers said this manager's been in touch to ask if we've got anything he might be interested in and i've put you forward wow and i met him on valentine's day we always laugh about this we i met him on valentine's day we went for a pint and we shook hands there and then i just like seriously yeah yeah i like firstly i love him uh, and, uh, but, and I hope you don't take offence to this, Ryan, if no. you're listening. Um, I didn't know. Like, I was just amazed anyone would want to manage. It. You know, I was just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I was just this kid with a guitar, so I was like, oh, what? D- what can go wrong, kind of thing. Do um, you
2: think you're the type of person to take quick decisions, or do you think a lot?
0: Um, I think an awful lot about some things but then when i know it's the right thing i don't think about it. i just go oh. if that makes sense or if i think i know if it's the right thing and um, yeah and we're still together i think uh nice. these writing sessions in london something i really want to talk to you about is your writing mm. and you do something that is i think really hard to do and that's that you have on the surface you have these amazing pop songs that are infectious and y- y- people are gonna love and I think as soon as you have pop songs the, the audience that listening to that listen to pop music I think half of them listen to lyrics mm. and are aware of what you're saying mm. and half of them don't. don't and it's not that they're going I don't listen to lyrics no. I think, but they're, what they're, they're connecting to is the the feeling of it and the production mm. and the general But inside these pop songs, when I hear them, you manage to put so many amazing kind of lessons and stories that seem personal without it being, like, too intense. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like it's the perfect balance, is what I love so much about what you do. Um, Thank you. Is that something that you have to work to get? yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say, do you ever write a song where you're like, "Oh, actually that's too personal. Like that's oh, too full on." All
2: the time. Okay. Oh my god. That's but that is the one if we are er- ever like arg- having an argument in the studio, that's often what it is about. Okay. If I'm about like, "Nope," and it's like we all know it's a great line, yeah. but I'm like, "You know what? That's just too private for me." Right. Um, but yeah, I think with with the pop with the music I make, that's exactly my goal to make infectious songs that would go on the radio and that people will listen to over and over again because it's a Mm. catchy melody because that's how I got into music Mm. because I didn't understand the English language that well I started learning English when I was seven years old but for instance Adele I had no fucking clue what she was singing about but (laughs) I loved it I didn't know what she meant with Rolling in the Deep what does that even mean? and now I, I think I understand it but like sometimes I'm not completely sure, mm-hmm. but what's important is the melody.
1: Yeah.
2: I love the melody. Same with all the other British heroes I have. Um, but I guess I felt was missing a bit in my favorite pop songs. Not n- not saying this for everything, but especially like, um, I don't know, a lot of new music too, that I wanted to have the same type of in- infection as to it, but also, mm-hmm. as you say, have that story to it. I don't want to... Also, I don't know, I don't want to talk about my body and stuff mm. in my songs, I want to talk about how my brain reacts to mm. things. One thing that I think is very important is to not shame anyone. Mm. And I think you should be able to write about whatever you want to write about and that is so important to me and, and it goes for everything, like everyone does this artist-musician thing differently and that's why it's so beautiful with it and so fun mm. that we're just expressing ourselves in different ways mm. but my way to express myself is to focus on i guess yeah when you said lessons that kind of makes sense because i wanted to be a teacher i <laughs> yeah, found
0: that in me i can Both definitely see you are, teachers. are they yeah so way. i thought that when i went to uni yeah. that's what i thought i was gonna do
2: music teacher or
0: uh, what yeah. did you study well i studied music too thanks I studied music and I was convinced at the end of that I was going to go on to education, and then I met my manager. And if wow. I hadn't, I, this is the thing. I don't know if I've got the confidence to go out and now that I'm in the position, I'm I'd it. love it. Mm. but I don't know if I would have taken that first step maybe.: um,
2: At such an early age too, to have that confidence. Mm. I think so.
0: here we are it is the halftime break the interval this is the part of the podcast where I take a minute just to tell you everything that I'm busy with and what's going on in the world of George Ezra Um, for those of you that don't know and for those of you that feel you haven't quite got enough George Ezra in your life um, if you head over to georgeezra.com You will find all sorts. You will find um, merchandise and you will find tour dates and videos and of course music. There is also a journal that I write. So once a week I sit down and I write a a journal entry of everything I've been up to. And if you sign up that lands in your inbox once a week. You might enjoy that. I'm trying to think what, I mean, you're listening to, it's December, for sure, it's December as I record this. Matt, last week we flew to Australia and flew back in the same week. That will wreck your buzz, ladies and gentlemen, that will mess with your head. Um, But it was amazing to see everyone down in Australia. We were actually invited to perform on the Arias, which uh, is the Australian equivalent of the Brits. Yeah, that, that was an amazing thing to be a part of, so thank you for inviting me along to that. And yeah, we we are just in the middle now of Christmas promo. So, you know, today we are recording the Jonathan Ross TV show. Uh, Last weekend, we did the X Factor, which was a first for me. Um, And we've got a whole load of other records coming up for different shows. And and actually, most excitingly for me, at least, um, we announced the... uh, My gig that I put on at Christmas alongside Mind, the charity. I put it on last year for the first time um, at Union Chapel, which is a beautiful church in North London. And a few of my musical friends come up and join me on stage. Um, We put it on sale. It's sold out. I'd like to point out that the tickets were quite expensive this year. The most expensive tickets I've ever put on sale. And I would just like to justify myself. Maybe I don't need to, but I just, last year it was so obvious how much kind of goodwill there was towards the charity. And that's the reason we put the, um, the gig on. So any profits go to the charity. And I just thought, you know what? Uh, Tis the season and all that jazz. So let's bump it up and make as much money as we can for Mind, Because I think, you know, where I come from, I think that the, um, my angle, as it were, is that the best thing we can do for Mind is spread the word but they are a charity organisation. And so without donations, um, it becomes very hard for them to do the amazing work they do. So let's raise some money. On that note, here is a word from our partners. Now, without further ado, I think we should jump back into the conversation that I was having with Sigrid that I just rudely interrupted to talk about myself. Um, Sit back, enjoy it, here we go. Yeah I knew that you were aware of what you write, Like, I, do you know what I mean, I, yeah. but it's just lovely to hear you talk about it mm.
2: um, But do you think a lot about not going too private in your songs?
0: If I'm honest, I, uh, I got so, like what I was talking about the show that I played last night and how that made me feel mm. I can't put a price on that, I can't, I can't mm. like, and what happens is when your audiences or what I found is when my audiences started to grow I Didn't want to alienate those audiences. So I ha- the first music I released probably wasn't written For audiences that size in mind, you know mm. So when we played on the pyramid stage at Glastonbury to about 80,000 people, that's extreme We're not doing that every night of no, course, but, but for that as an example, it's kind of like okay I want to that feeling that this whole audience gets when we play Blame It On Me and it explodes I want that again and I want them to have it again so I find a way of just because it doesn't come naturally to me to write pop songs originally Mm. and then I fell in love with it when I was doing the first album and it's like more of a challenge than anything else for me Mm. and I like a challenge Writing pop songs for me is—it's like a workout or something. It's like it doesn't come naturally, no, maybe. No. No. And uh, yeah, I just the the, the being honest in songs—I definitely think I'm getting better at it. Um, but I'm also a really private person, mm. and I'm—you uh, know—I like to keep it that way. I don't.
2: That's really good. I think that's a healthy way of looking at it. Yeah. I think my I guess some i don't know if I want to call it an issue, but something that I think about in sessions is that I think my best songs are the ones where I dare to be honest mm-hmm. and talk about things that are difficult, but I'm always reluctant for being too much and it's mm-hmm. hard to find that balance and no songwriting does come natural to me in some mm-hmm. way. I know what works, mm-hmm. but it's like you can be calculated up to a certain point or yeah. like. I know, this works, yeah, this works.
0: Yeah, I should say I, like songwriting definitely comes naturally to mm-hmm. me. I think it's more the... It's that thing, when you're writing pop music, there's just a balance, isn't there? I, I okay. yeah. don't you,
2: do you feel like the balance of like... Do you think commercially when you write it?
0: Um, not initially, but then a song will present itself. So say like, when I was writing Paradise, say. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the verses first. Mm and although I didn't think that was like leading, I didn't think the verses lent themselves to being a single necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And then four months later I wrote the I know you heard it from those other boys. And I was like Yeah, and I was like, oh so shit, catchy. that's catchy. That's just changed the makeup of this song. And maybe you should then take that song down that road, if that Mm. makes sense. But Mm -hmm. initially, Mm -hmm. I don't ever start going, I need to write a single, or I want this song, or, like, Shotgun, me and Joel. (laughs) Thank you. Me and Joel, it's the only time. Uh, Who's Joel? Joel is the guy that I write with. Oh, Joel. Pot. Cool. Yeah, so me and Joel Pop You
2: write everything together? Yeah. Is he in your band too, or?
0: No, 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 no. It's
2: just you know, so the second writing partner. That's part nice. Now? I have that with Martin Shirley and nice. Emily Warren mostly, and on Martin's squad Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, d- I think it's like he's the.
2: It's good to have a.
0: Oh man, I love him, and he's that mentor figure for me mm. for sure. Mm. Um, and when we wrote Shotgun, he was playing the synth, and I started singing the. Do, 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 mm-hmm. do, do. And I was like, oh shit, oh that feels good <laughs> to sing, that feels really good and so that's the first time in my life where I've written a song and on the day I've written it I was like, this could definitely be something, yeah, yeah, which was a cool feeling.
2: Didn't you feel that when you wrote Budapest? No. What?
0: No, uh, me and Joel loved it and we were driving oh. back down from Wales, we used to write in Wales a lot. and. We kept playing it, but I don't think I'd never had songs on the radio I'd never had, so I didn't know mm. what, it, what I didn't ever think anyone would hear these songs on the first record. I, I kind of felt as if once I'd signed my record deal, I didn't think it was going to work for me personally, because
3: mm.
0: I, at the time, I remember feeling that the music that was in the charts. Yeah. was against what I was doing mm. and I'm not saying that what I was doing was like a rebellious music but it just didn't feel like it was in vogue. No,
2: I, I totally, um, yeah,
0: Which I didn't want to change, you know. And I, I still don't. I like to do what I do.
2: You kind of have to. I think that's yeah. important. Make the music that makes you happy. Cuz there's so much Yeah, you got you got to promote it. And if yeah. you're promoting something you don't love.
0: It's mad and it's I'm sure difficult. I see it happen. I'm sure I see Yeah people promoting stuff, that I'm like, you're not into this. And how am I supposed, to, as a listener, how am I supposed to be into Believe it if it, you're yeah. not? Yeah, how That's do it. you find, so this whole thing of being honest in lyrics, when you're first coming over to London and those sessions, you must've been going into rooms with people that you hadn't necessarily met before. Mm. In my experience yeah. is a lot of pop writers are male and of a certain age it's kind of like this is just in my experience um
1: uh, yeah
0: but did, did you that's true was there ever times where you found it hard to open up in these sessions oh yeah yeah
2: um it was such oh what do you call that word in english ladings curva uh like a learning uh, curve yeah easy learning curve yeah that was insanely steep i learned so much and everything got mixed in once because almost as soon as i went over okay i was in i was in London for writing sessions maybe a month or two and then people started noticing that i was over there and like hearing these demos we made a soundcloud link my manager started sending it to publishers to labels and everyone was like oh Mm. what's this so i had i did all these like business uh, meetings Mm and like dinners and stuff in between all of these sessions and I was just mad yeah and having that at the same time but yeah back to writing i am um, yeah i was often in rooms with only men mm. uh often 20 years older than me mm. and it was yeah sometimes it was a bit weird as in like how like w- we're not at the same state or like like as in in life and stuff we were pretty different life but sometimes that can work well, I so I had equally experiences where it didn't work no yes. musical chemistry and just like not great songs but then I in Oslo that was the first time I had a session with Martin Shirley mm-hmm. and that was set up through my management and my label and he is also, he's an older guy. Not old, no God, no, 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 <laughs> not old
0: Martin. We're leaving that He's in. young. Yeah.
2: Um, and he has a family, oh, wonderful family. They're so nice.
0: Um, and just to reiterate, he's so old.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, he's so, so old. old. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, he's great. Oh my God. No, but, but, um, so, but, but
2: yeah, so, no, just to say that even, like, I didn't, I, I wasn't expecting that we would connect, but then I got to the studio and on the first day we were together in the studio, we wrote Don't Kill My Vibe. I finished the second verse at a pizza restaurant close to the studio the, 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 that night. Amazing. Because, yeah, that's after we went home. Because we, fi- we we did like the whole song and I just finished the lyrics mm. on the verse. And that was so much fun. And after that, we've written Strangers. Oh. Yeah. High Five together with Emily Warren. Uh, what else? And, uh, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Yeah, that's with him I too. I love that tune. That was also with Emily. Yeah. Okay. So, it's 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 just weird. I just met someone that I've never connected yeah. musically with anyone else than him, I think. Yeah. So it, it's I guess it's like your Joel, like you just find yeah. someone who I oh, don't know, she just amplified me. Mm. It was and also that was very frustrating with a lot of those writing sessions, um, in London. I also did sessions in Berlin and Stockholm, but a lot in London where I felt like people i was in a session with whenever i started to go a bit like <laughs> mm. like proper screaming singing which is inspired by grimes i think mm. one of my favorite artists um they would be like "Ooh, yes yeah. easy
0: that's calm a down. bit calm
2: down a bit this is not going <laughs> to work on the radio if yeah. you're like singing all the time like, mm. and then i got to March, and he was like oh fuck i yeah. love that screaming us yeah, do it
0: again do do it. It. Yeah, yeah
2: and that's don't Kill My Vibe is the first song I ever, like, screamed in, I think. And it's and so
0: like... emotional when it you get is. to that point. I really love that. And it makes it stand out. That's, Thank you. like, I think Joel would agree. I think in our relationship,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we can both do the other for sure, but he's... Amazing at melody, and I feel like my stronger mm. point in our sessions is the lyric side.
2: Interesting. Do
0: you find that you're in either camp, or are you kind of down the middle with both? Are you as interested in both?
2: I think, just like, uh, I the way I got into music was through melodies. 'Cause I as I'm Norwegian I listen to as I talked to I listen to so much British music and American music that I didn't always understand the lyrics. Yeah. So I've always like grad uh, like gravitated towards melody. But I think I'm underestimating myself on the lyric side if I'm not saying that I know lyrics too because I think I can surprise myself with writing really good lyrics. I
0: think I just
2: need some time on it, I think.
0: That answer surprised me because I assumed <laughs> from listening that you would have said that lyrics were your thing not that melody isn't great but i just no. i think your lyrics are so good no, but i assumed that thank that was you your
2: but you gotta remember i i collaborate it's not mm. like i i i don't write all, all i don't write these songs alone in a mm. vacuum by myself like, like yeah. in my cave i i write this with martin emily odd martin but so I, it's so so important for me to credit the people that yeah, I work yeah. with It's not only me writing this yeah, yeah. Um, But but yeah obviously like for instance with Emily I think the way for instance if you say there's a session between Martin, Emily and I Let's say mm-hmm. Sucker Punch for instance Um, That starts all with us being by the piano Mm. and we're sitting there jamming and I sing a lot. I sing all the time, a lot of humming. So that's often how we get the vocal hooks because vocal hooks is my favorite thing to do. And then when I just sing lyrics that comes from the heart, I guess, and just the things I want to say, that's often the lyrics we end up using. And then we talk a lot and then Martin often goes in and he starts producing the track. Emily and I sit by the piano and we start forming the lyrics
0: so do you kind of produce as you go? How we hear Sucker Punch? Mm. Will there be some parts of that production that were from the day you wrote it? All of it. Ah, oh, I'm so jealous of that. I wish oh, I did do that. do you produce
2: it afterwards?
0: Oh my God, it takes so long. What? We, we do like acoustic demos. Are you
2: kidding me? No.
0: So we do acoustic demos of every, so every song we do and then leave them for months no yeah stockpile 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 then pick the strongest 15 songs I have, yeah and then go and produce them up no i know but that
2: can be really good too though oh
0: fuck it i don't want to do it anymore i like this no. album is the one where i've said the third album that yeah i'm not i haven't started writing it i've started getting ideas together mm-hmm. i want to do it the way you do it because i just want to have more clarity from the off yeah. of like this is a keeper this isn't let's you know
2: i think it's just the way how you like to work, I could have never worked the way you've oh done on these records because I don't have the patience <laughs> no, for it, I, I get so, because I, I listen to my demos every day yeah. we listened to them last night too with the band, it yeah. was so much fun but the thing is, I, if I, listen, I listen to it so much and then I start overthinking the production and if I then just listen to an acoustic demo and I was going to make a production mm. months later I'd be like, no! Do you know, the
0: hardest bit I find as well is writing a song on an acoustic guitar that I really believe in and then when I send it to the team, management or record label and they don't hear what I'm imagining it to sound like. And so I'm sure songs in the past I've had to fight for, Mm. like just let me prove to you and then it's it's been worth our time. Um, But
2: why don't you produce right away? Is it because you need time creatively to figure out what you want to do there?
0: Um, yeah, it's because the producer that I've worked with on every single EP, on every album, is a guy called Cam, and he's based in Clapham, oh. and it, that's just the way we've done it, it's like, uh, me and Joel write, me and Cam produce, and it's that two yeah, separate so you're a part of the production too. Uh, I'm in the room, and I definitely, I'm not very good, once it gets to the... Uh,
2: the EQ and compressor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: but
2: I know that! Yeah, I kind of switch
0: <laughs> off at that point, but the musical side of it, yes, I'm very involved.
2: Well, that's, um, that I is that sit- is interesting, and that is, it's it's a whole terminology around this. I see myself as an arranger, mm. and that is because I do not work with the compressor or the EQ or that stuff. Well, I make noises and like, can you make a on hey, more yeah. than.
1: Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. I do a I do I lot do of. That. Yeah,
2: like, I don't know. It, it's the easiest way to explain it. And we laugh a lot in the studio because I don't have the right vocabulary. Terms. This vocabulary. Is so
0: you might laugh We at should this. go to
2: like a school for yeah. this. Learn <laughs> vocabulary. Yeah.
0: But like, this one always makes me and Cam laugh. And mm-hmm. the bass throughout Budapest <laughs> was we were in the studio and I said, I can't believe I said this, and we still laugh at it, but I was like, it needs to sound more like, imagine colourful bouncy balls bouncing on the floor. So that like, dum, 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 in my Oh my head. God, that makes sense. But thank, like to me it did, and Cam yeah. just looked at me as if to be like, <laughs> I love you man, but for fuck's sake, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's
2: great! Yeah. That's such a producer's thing to yeah. say, too. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So yeah, the, that's always like... Martin's always looking at me like, what?
0: Yeah, what's she trying to say? <laughs> and they don't want to say, like, completely, like, no. So they're like,
2: OK, mm-hmm. okay we'll Let's see what try. we can do. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's when you get the get the yeah, great stuff. Yeah. And that's accidentally... accident, Accidentally? Is that the right word? Oh, yeah. Yes. For instance, um, yeah, accidentally, remember high five. Uh, if you heard that song. Uh, the Mid Uh uh, alright the piano thing there for instance that was me like we need a mid 8 let's go <laughs> to the piano and I ran to the piano I was like playing like really shit I can play piano I'm I'm alright at piano but not-, not amazing and I was like bah, 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 playing very aggressively the piano I was like Martin can you make this just sound cool and then <laughs> yeah. like running back he's like uh, yeah sure and then <laughs> yeah. he's like uh. <laughs> yeah. and then he's just made some really really cool stuff and then he changed the melody slight like just changed it a bit but like still kept my idea and that's how I love working and when you sometimes it's nice not having the proper vocabulary this was more arranging stuff I guess then I think so but it's good because then you can be surprised Mm. for instance uh, the sound in Sucker Punch on the verse Mm -hmm. if I if I didn't know how to explain properly how I wanted the verse to sound no but that's how yeah if I were able to explain exactly how I wanted it to sound in like yeah Term mm. way of doing it, it would may, maybe wouldn't get the same thing. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. if it would. would get us excited about yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Have you um, you touched on listening to English-speaking music and not completely knowing what people were saying when you yeah. were younger? Yeah. Do you think that's worked in your benefit now that you write in English? Mm. Do you feel as if you might use certain words that an English writer wouldn't use? maybe because you don't overthink it as much because mm. I think ca- like phrases like sucker punch mm. to me they just stand out it's like that's fucking cool like, thank it's it yeah uh, but I'm not saying that I wouldn't necessarily come to the same I no. just wonder if there's a difference
2: oh yeah definitely I have I have a uh, uh, notes on my iPhone that's just uh, all my song ideas yeah and sucker punch was in there for like three months yeah. I just like looked at it and I guess being more into this music industry bubble I start thinking more about this would look really good in an artwork.
0: Yeah. This would look yes. Yeah, I really like want that. to talk to you about your whole aesthetic.
2: Oh, Charlie should have been
3: here. Are Charlie and like, Charlotte. Are
0: you cuz your the videos, the pastel colors of mm. everything, the logos, the artwork, everything is so well connected to each other.
2: Can I Just say big shout out here then. Okay. I have the most incredible creative team I could ever ask for. It's, they're just brilliant. So, uh, like all credit to my whole team, but this is like for the creative people, this guy called Charlie Drinkwater. He's a creative director at Island Records here in the UK. And we have Charlotte Birch on the marketing side. Um, and then we got the rest of you know of course Olivia Nan and Christine, Dinsen- I could I could mention everyone yeah. my whole radio team but you know anyways uh, Charlie Charlie we I remember we had meetings really early on about uh, the creative side and it's basically whenever we need something creative like either it's tour t-shirts mm. or stickers mm. all of that that's all charlie Amazing. and he's collaborating with an artist called will knight okay and we've also had the same photographer francesca allen on, on the photos wicked so it's just i remember it because early on it was just when when i signed to ireland i know that um the the previous uh, president darkest who's now over at ireland us he was like we're making a team around this. And he was like d- 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 collecting people nice. over on the office, like, you're on this, you're on this, you're yeah, on this. Yeah. And it was such a fun introduction to this. And I remember Charlie really had a big wish of creating a small community mm. around this, like kind of like the secret community for mm, like yeah, the creative yeah, side yeah. of it and introducing like newer artists from other smaller companies and stuff. Um, and uh, it's just been really, really fun. And I don't know. Great, like, they're my friends. Yeah,
0: yeah, amazing. And that's lovely. When I was um, kind of doing small amounts of research for today, mm-hmm. I was like watching interviews that you'd done and stuff. Oh, wow. And, yeah, um, <laughs> get Stalking. me. Stalking. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I like it. Uh,
0: Thank you. And there was one uh, interview you did with the enemy, and you are at a festival, mm. I don't know which festival, I think it's Reading, in fact. Yeah. And you mentioned in that interview, that that morning you had had to wake up at 4am to get to site and but you say it with a smile on your face and it's kind of like the reason I started this podcast is because there was a point when I realized anybody that's touring and performing and releasing music Mm. has to love it and they're they're like they're all whether you like what they do or not Mm. everyone's committed to these crazy Mm, commitments
2: you got to respect people for that no matter if you like the music or not. yeah
0: exactly that and um i just you know you even in this interview you've spoken about how initially you managed yourself and at the age of 17 18 you're coming over to london five you know (laughs) it's all crazy what do you think your drive is wow that's
2: the first time someone asked me that outside my family i think
0: not that i'm like i'm not questioning no no it's
2: a good way that's no it's cool to be asked that um my drive um okay wow this is going to be really cheesy please stop me if it's too bad and for the listeners please forgive me but if you think about life as a really big, chaotic, weird thing, why the hell are we even down here? Sometimes that's just a bit... You know when you look at yourself... You know, I, I remember I had that growing up, like looking at my fingers like... Isn't it a bit weird <laughs> that my brain and my feelings are connected to this body? And when I think I want to do, get my arm behind that, if I want to it throw a ball, it just happens. How weird is not that? How weird is that I, I was that. inside my mom and now I'm not here. Yeah.
0: I think everyone listening will yeah. you know relate but you to get
2: that. And you look at yourself in the mirror sometimes like you are a human being. This you know I me. Mean? I
0: look at myself in mirror, and I have the exact same thing and I think, who the fuck are you? Like what is going on? Yes. What like
2: the meaning of life yeah. in a way and I think the drive. Hmm. If I can stay busy with having big ambitions, hmm my career also have fun whilst doing it i'm not i'm not that crazy like yeah. uh, just ambitions but kind of makes me a bit more calm about yeah. doing this little thing called life yeah. It's. Yeah. i guess it's it's calming in some way yeah. and i think it's fun working um but i can't work all the time i know that and that's in that's a balance i'm still trying to find is that i can't say yes to everything and i feel so bad whenever i have to say no to stuff it's really hard for me but i know it's important i'm just doing the best for my for myself and the whole team by saying no to things when i've had enough
0: Mm. I'd, i'd like maybe I still haven't found that balance and I essentially I touched difficult. on it earlier I just mm. go 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 until I burn out and it's really not the clever way of doing it but yeah that's a perfect answer I think that I have the same thing I saw this thing the other day about ambition and ambitious people and mm. actually what you have to bear in mind when you're an ambitious person is often the important bit isn't the outcome It's actually the work to get to that thing, because I've found in my life, throughout my life, I'm always, there's always this new project that I'm doing and Mm. it's always, I'm the most excited you could ever imagine about this thing, you know, Mm. like, I'm telling all of my friends, my family, I'm doing this, da, 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 And then I complete it and everyone's like, oh, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, onto the next thing. Like, it's it's you don't get enough time
2: to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and I'm just like, onto the next. And this isn't all just music, (laughs) this is like, You know, just little projects. Always a project going on. Mm. Me and you are going off on tour next year.
2: Yeah.
0: March. I'm having a feeling
2: it's going to be really
0: fun. It'll be amazing. Like, yeah, it will be brilliant. So at some point in the future, you're going to be releasing your debut album. I am, yes. Do you... You know, you were saying how last night you and the band listened through mixes and everything Mm. for what it would be. What are your feelings towards you know releasing your first album are you oh my God. cool with it or is it this mad daunting thing what what is it
2: i don't know i i've always wanted to release an album and it's it's interesting we like talking about ambitions again in the way that you would just all have this like projects when you get to it, you're like yep next mm. one and it is weird looking at the album from the outside and at the moment i'm just I have to admit And it's not often that I I'm completely honest With things like that But at the moment I'm really stressed out about it And I'm just trying to think of The best way To make it as good as possible For me and the listener Um, But I think I will be really Really excited about it Mm. I still am, of course Mm. It's very exciting But that's Like more general speaking I think when you said that you, you saw that interview with him, it's like four I've woken up at four a.m. I'm like, hello world, super happy in an interview. I guess I'm one hundred percent sure I was pretty tired that day mm. and I guess I was just trying to be professional with it. Mm. It is a job too. But that is something I think I, I noticed that people now, artists, musicians, bands are talking a lot about Uh, feelings Mm. now in interviews which is really good but yeah I think I'm I'm so happy to hear that you can say in such a chill way that you didn't have the best day the other day
1: Mm.
2: and that's just how it is and it doesn't need to be dramatic it is normal Mm. to have days that are not amazing Mm. and I have that too Mm. I was really really stressed out the other day Mm. because of just A lot of decision making at the same time, and then touring, and uh, Mm. just a lot, yeah. And that is okay. Mm. And and then when it comes to the album, I don't think I can expect of myself to be always super excited about it. Mm. That I will be super excited about it probably tomorrow, and I was, but today bit stressed out about it but it's gonna be fine and that is okay it's a part of it's a part of the journey
0: (laughs) (laughs) this has been amazing thank you Sigrid
2: no thank you for coming here this was a really good talk
0: very cool and once again we come to the end of yet another episode of George Ezra and Friends the podcast thank you very much Sigrid for that Um, as I said I hope any of you that have tickets to come and watch us play next March um, are even more excited now having heard Sigrid talk about what it is she does how she does it and why she does it Um, and yeah if you if this is the first episode you've listened to I I urge you to go and listen to some of the past uh, episodes from the first series this series Um, I always say you know, I think you'll enjoy ones you least expect to enjoy. Um, well, not that you don't expect to enjoy them, but the people you know the least about. Um, I personally find that fascinating when I'm listening to different shows. Um, Yes, so thank you very much, Sigrid. Thank you to Warren Borg for editing this podcast together. Thank you to Josh Sanger and the Closer Artist team for helping do all of the uh, admin bits to get this to you. Thank you to O'Sheen Griffin, who does the animations that you see online, uh, which I love. They put a smile on my face. And um, of course, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for meeting me here each week. Um, Go and tell a friend, subscribe, give us a nice review. Please, please. Um, Yeah, I hope you're well. I hope you're enjoying yourself wherever you are. And uh, I will see you next week for another episode of George Ezra and Friends, the podcast. Thank you very much. See you later. Ta-da!